0: Welcome to the Family Connections podcast, where we are connecting parents and families to God, each other, and the church.
1: Welcome to the first episode of Family Connections. Family Connections is hosted by the family ministry team at Cornerstone Bible Church, and I wanted to have the opportunity for each person on the team to introduce themselves.
0: Yeah, thanks, Mike. I'm Savannah Carriaga. I'm the elementary ministry director here at Cornerstone, and I have a nine-month-old baby named Piper.
2: Hello, and uh, my name is Mike Bain, and I'm the high school minister here at Cornerstone. I have uh, two boys. Uh, Owen is five, and he just started his first year at preschool. Mm-hmm. And then Levi is three. And we do have another one on the way, a little girl that's going to be joining us in January, uh, Abby. We're very excited to... Mm-hmm get ready for her.
3: That's exciting, Mike. That's super exciting. Um, I'm Ben. I work with middle school students. Um, I have a lot of fun doing it. I have a lot of fun with my family. Janelle and myself, we have two amazing daughters, Brielle and Addison. They are four and two, and they, man, they are just amazing. so blessed every single day.
4: They are, and I'm Melanie Smith, and this is pretty fun because amongst the people that have already introduced themselves to you, I have all of their children <laughs> yeah, that's right. as the early childhood director here at Cornerstone, and I have three young adult kids.
1: And I'm Mike Maderos. I do college ministry, and I also have four kids, a son and three daughters, and they are also uh, older, uh, ages 20 up to 29. Well, thank you for each of you to introduce yourselves. I want to have a couple of questions. And the first question is this, is what do you wish you knew before you were a parent?
3: Oh, that's a good question. That's <laughs> an incredibly <laughs> tough question. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I say that marriage showed me how much, how much I needed to learn how to love. And then mm. having kids reminded me how much further I need to grow in that more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um man, it I wish I knew parenting took really the love of Jesus and the grace of Jesus and the mercy of Jesus. And that's there's nothing that that can prepare you for that level until you're in it, I feel like, just being now two kids in. But I just, man, I wish I knew how much love it would take and what a true love meant going into parenting. Cause I've learned so much, so much of what it means to love, not just my, my, my daughters, but my, my wife and my family and people, my friends, people I encounter here at church, people I encounter in the community just be from parenting. And so that's yeah. for me, for me, just man, how much love it really, really takes,
2: it takes and grace and mercy. Yeah, I, I I'm going to cheat. I feel like I have a, a few because I wanted to learn so much before I was a parent, but going off of what Ben said, that really triggered my um, memory of recognizing how selfish I was—that mm. uh, whenever you know—I think marriage starts you off recognizing how selfish you are, because you're living with someone else and you're compromising on different things, and it's no longer just your way of doing things. To then having children who who want your time, they want your attention, they want your energy, um, and when you come home at the end of the day, or if you've been with them for the day and you're just looking for your time. You recognize, well, this is this is family time now. Like, yes, it's important to have moments where you get away and you can kind of re-energize. But um, my selfishness was very apparent to me uh, as soon as I became a parent of children. Um, just recognizing more and more that my time is not my own; uh, it's meant to be stewarded. It's meant to be before the Lord to raise these children up uh, in a loving manner. And I, I, I recognize in the moments I failed, where I was like. Oh, there's my son walking away, wishing that he had a moment with dad. Um, mm. So yeah, it was it was a big thing for me, and I'm going to take one more because uh, <laughs> how dare you? It, it, I know, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm cheating the system, but um, this was a big one for me. Uh, discipline is not a synonym for punishment. Mm. Um, I remember, I remember, yeah. I think I was telling you Ben about this at one point that I realized that when I was doing timeouts or whenever um, I was correcting my sons. Uh, when they would have a smile on their face, it started to make me angry. Um, I was like, well, no, then that means that they're not respecting my authority or that they're not contrite enough. They're a toddler. They don't really understand sometimes what this correction moment is. And so I found myself getting upset, but I was like, wait, I'm not I'm not trying to punish them. I'm hoping to correct their behavior mm-hmm. that it will lead them yeah. to a healthier mm-hmm. model of living. Um, but in my head, it was like, no, they should feel some sense of like despair, like they've done the wrong thing. And while there are moments for that and seeing a contrite heart, obviously is part of scripture. Um, but as a toddler, my hope is just to help them to live better. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I found myself wrestling with that idea that they should feel like they're being punished. Well, no, I'm, I'm here to discipline, disciple and to move them toward a healthier way of living. Mm-hmm. That's good.
0: Yeah. I think something that, uh, I found, um, is that comparison is the thief of parenting joy. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) I wish I had known that. I think there's so many um, resources, uh, so many Pinterest boards and ideas on (laughs) the 80 best Christmas traditions to do with your family. And um, there's just so much that you can't do and you can't live up to. And I wish that I had known that beforehand and um, maybe process that a little bit more because with social media being so prevalent, it's easy to see, wow, like Becky's taking her kids to do all of these things. (laughs) And like, we barely made it out of the house today. And man, Becky's kids are going to be so much happier than my kids are going to be. And so learning to put aside the uh, desire to compare to what other parents are doing has Mm. been a struggle for me for sure. And something that I definitely wish I had known before parenting.
1: Yeah, Mm. that's really good. I think one of the things that was difficult for me was I taught middle school. And so even before becoming a parent, I was probably the greatest parent without (laughs) having kids. And then all of a sudden, then I had kids and uh, it was a little different. And I think one of the things that I wish I knew ahead of time was just what grace-based parenting looked like. Because Mm. I didn't didn't have many models. And Mm. so Sharon and I were the first of our friends to have kids and we looked around and we thought, we're the guinea pigs. And so, you know, we use some of our training both as being teachers, but I think a, a difficulty is when it's your own children and you're yeah. you're caring for them. And so I, I think ahead of time, it would have been nice to have a, a couple of uh, mentor couples that had uh, younger kids at the time to walk us through the good, the bad, and the ugly of, of parenting and what we were embarking on. So... Yeah. So yeah, it's it pretty interesting when you think about it. So, well, here's another question that I got for you all is, um, what do you enjoy about this stage of parenting where you're at right now?
4: Well, I absolutely love the fact that all three of my adult children still want to be friends with me. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> they want to hang out. They want their, we're actively involved in each other's lives. And that to me is huge. That's just huge. Mm.
2: I mean, I, I enjoy watching my boys grow and develop. I think it's so fun. Um, you know, the, the questions that they ask and, and what their little mind gets fixated on and, and wants to know more about. And then, of course, they just say funny things. I mean, it's hilarious <laughs> um, watching your child uh, grow and try to reconcile things. And when they're playing with toys and they're making up their own stories and you're like, where did that one come from? And um, watching their, their personalities develop. My, my oldest... Uh, Owen is, uh, he, he kind of loves structure and he loves playing with, uh, stories that actually don't have a bunch of holes in them. So it's really funny to watch that (laughs) and then go to Levi who just like spatters (laughs) off random words. And one of his major goals is just to make us laugh. Um, so it's hilarious to watch that. See birth order kind of take effect and personality traits, um, but it's really, really fun to watch them interact and grow and develop. That's a good goal to make people laugh.
3: Right? <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah that's, that's a really good goal. I, and uh, man, My kids make me laugh all the time. And it's not, they're not like Levi. They're not comedians so that are purposely making me laugh. <laughs> but just the way they are and how, my, what I enjoy is just the differences. And you were alluding to that hmm. with Owen and Levi a little bit. Just the differences of who uh, Brielle and Addison are. How Brielle is this? This particular everything is in order. And Addison says, "I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to just seeing their intricate details of who they are, but also how ambitious both of them are. Um, It's just even a couple of days ago when we're at church. It's you know, you know, it's my girls. When you go to the rail and they're hanging upside down from the rail on top of concrete, and you know, the parent (laughs) safety in me is like, no, you need to get down, get down, get down. (laughs) And then, but then the other side of me is like. You guys are amazing. You guys are definitely got that from mom's side of the family, the gymnast part, but you combined it with the ambitious, let's be dangerous side of your dad's side, right? And that's what we get, right? But it's it's so cool to see them being like, just enjoying and having fun and giggling and doing that and doing that together. To see them grow together also, not just in like isolation, one's their own, mm. the other's their own. I mean, yes, they have their own, their own unique traits and characteristics, but that they grow together. Seeing them laugh together when they're playing in the bath. Seeing them laugh together when they're running around the house playing chase with the Costco <laughs> box that they give you. That's a great idea for families. FYI, use those <laughs> Costco boxes that they give you for your groceries as car, at arts and crafts and also for a train to be pushed around. Their there carpet. you go. It's it's great. So, but yeah, seeing that seeing them grow in their in their own ways, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, I think similar to what Mike said, um, watching Piper learn has been so much fun uh so she's nine months old so a couple months past the stage where you're just kind of taking them wherever you go and she already has thoughts and feelings about what she wants mm. to do and what she wants to put in her mouth and it doesn't matter <laughs> if we want her to eat dog food or not she sees it from across the room it's
2: all immunity building. and she's <laughs> right. right
0: you know what our dog is healthy so <laughs> sure um but yeah it's so much fun to watch uh just the way she thinks, even as she's processing, um, crawling toward the toy that she wants, or uh, in some of her favorite books now, watching her think like, oh, this Sorry. is the... <laughs> yeah.
3: I don't know why I think that's so funny to see Piper crawling towards the toy. I see like a bunch of toilets like that one. <laughs> <laughs> she
0: is, though. She's very... I mean, it's fascinating to see how young kids develop their personalities. Yeah, yeah. And that's been really Absolutely. enjoyable just to see... Like, wow, she is already her own unique person. Mm. And I mean, I could try and give her what I want her to take, but she knows what she wants. And Mm. so it's exciting and a little intimidating (laughs) to know that she has her interests already. She has her favorite books and she'll push something away if she doesn't want it. And um, it just makes me excited for all that's to come. If we're already getting this small glimpse of who God has made her to be and her Mm. unique Mm. personality. Uh, I can't wait to see how that continues to develop.
3: Mm. That's exciting.
1: And I think of the same thing for my kids on the other end of the spectrum being, you know, ages 20 to 29 and and seeing their personalities and what they've become as a young man and young women and the things that they like, what their occupation, what their career motivation, yeah. uh, their characteristics that you see. I um, mean, Sometimes I turn around and I think of uh, Steve Martin and father of the bride, and I'm looking across at somebody who's seven years old and, and not 27. And so it's really neat to see how their personality is. And just at this stage of their life, of being young adults, of of what excites them about the future and how they're going to use the gifts that God's given them in whatever career, in their relationships. So it's, it's a pretty cool thing to see. Of course, uh, one of the downsides is that they've uh, left the house, but they've left uh, two dogs. So I'm still <laughs> a little bit bitter about that, but I am excited about this stage because I, I get to the see the dogs where are listening, people, just to let you know. Yeah, I'm glad the dogs don't listen to the podcast. But I think for, for the kids or my young adults, I still call them kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. I always call them kids, right? But it's great to see how they're um, growing into. What we saw when they were much younger, and say, right. "Oh yeah, that's that's them." And and it's kind of neat too in this stage because, well, and it's also kind of scary because when they talk about what their life was like when they were five and ten,
4: yeah. as
1: a parent, it's very easy to be somewhat defensive. But I do have to sit around and at the table and just laugh at what things they remember about their childhood. And so hmm. it's an interesting stage now of coaching and mentoring. So. Um, I do like this stage. It's, It's a little bit different, still difficult, but I love having some of those conversations. So, but anyway, so that's some great stuff. So here's one thing that I want to finish with is each of you coming up with what was a goal or what is a goal that you have for your family? What's something that our listeners would be able to be inspired or challenged by with one goal that you would have for your family?
0: Yeah, one goal that uh, my husband Stephen and I have strived for, uh, both in our marriage and now as parents, is we try to actively serve together in the church. Uh, And I think one of the ways that we can model our faith for our kids is through serving together. Um, We often get asked, as the family ministry team, uh, how do we get our kids to love the church? And such a huge part of that is ownership. Uh, When kids feel like the church is their church and not just a place they go to with their parents, They're more likely to love it on their own and want to go. Uh, So serving uh, together helps kids know that they're valuable to the church and that they have Mm. a place in it. Uh, It's also invaluable for kids to see their parents loving Christ practically. So we can tell them over and over and over again how much we love Jesus. But uh, like most things in life, we learn it best when we see it. Um, and I know that sounds intimidating. It was easier for Stephen and I to do that when we didn't have kids to go somewhere and serve together. Yeah. Um, and there's certainly an added layer of difficulty and it filters out some things that we used to be able to do that now with a nine-month-old uh, we can't do together. Um, but there are some easy things that can help you serve together. It can be handing out bulletins on a Sunday morning. I know what the H Piper is. We strap her into the little front pack, and we <laughs> serve together. She helps when we're clearing out trash after the church barbecue. Uh-huh. Um, it can be as easy as holding babies one Sunday a month in the nursery or uh, just helping out at a quarterly event. Uh, it doesn't have to be this huge three-hour-a-week commitment for a whole year, um, but there are some small ways that you can start out serving together as a family. Um, And something that Steven and I have loved is that it just sets time aside to be together as a family when you're um, driving from place to place and there's the busyness of activities and various commitments, it can be hard to just have time to talk. Uh, Mm -hmm. And when we set time aside to serve together, it creates space to hang out more, uh, to have meaningful conversations, but also just to have fun conversations and to get to know your kids and your spouse better.
3: I'm gonna piggyback on that because you, you were talking about being present with one another, and that's for for Janelle and I, both one another, and for Brielle and Addison. We want to be present with them. So for me, that's when I get home. It's not turning on the TV or not checking that email that I haven't checked all day or not you know, looking on something on my phone. It's putting that away, saying hi to my wife, saying hi to my kids, and then hanging out with them, spending time with them. They haven't seen me all day, so I need to be able to be home and be present with them. And so doing things in their world is huge. I'm not the biggest tea party person getting to grow up doing tea parties, but I've learned <laughs> that tea parties and princesses and tiaras are a great thing. Yeah. And so, you know, Hey, I'll go and do that stuff in the playroom with you. You know what? I'm going to actually let you come into my world. So yes, I could put the Christmas lights up on our bushes way quicker than you could, but what have you helped me? And we did it together. Mm -hmm. What does Mm -hmm. that do? Mm -hmm. So being present with our kids, not just being in the same room with them and quote unquote, spending time that way, there is a time and space for a time and place to have space, but there's also very, very much of the time at a time for having quality time where you're present and active with our kids. And so for me and Janelle, we value that we take them to places where, and, um, we take them to places where maybe it is easier for us to do it on our own, but we want to be with them, and we mm-hmm. want to enjoy time with them and want them to be a part of what we're doing and not just a mom and dad are doing their own thing. Yeah. But at the same time, too, like I said, you know, I, I'll put on a tiara, and I'll, put on, I'll get the teacup out. That's fine with me. I'll slide down the stairs. Our daughter, Addison, loves sliding down the stairs on her belly. <laughs> yes, yeah, That's well, an Olympic sport. What is it? Every kid does that. Because so the onesies crazy. are perfectly That's designed true. for them because they don't true. slip off. And so, yeah, 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 we have races, you know, and i you know, 20 <laughs> minutes later, I got some rug burn, but I've also got relational growth with my kids and that's worth every rug burn I've ever gotten. By the way, I never lose. I yeah. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I only don't, choose to I,
2: lose. I, mm. uh-huh. I, I let them
3: win right now down the stairs. Right. There's 13... the silence in our family ministry Yeah, <laughs> we don't know how to respond <laughs> Well, you should come that. over and watch and you can judge for yourselves. There you go. Open <laughs> go. invitation to Open. Ben <laughs> Cook's yeah. house. Everybody's welcome. sports. The girls will onesies. love it. The girls just bring popcorn yeah. and, and onesie, be, onesie, you'll right? be fine. And your onesie. Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. take part. There yeah. you
1: go. I'm just thinking of liability. I don't want family <laughs> connections <laughs> to be I have a waiver. I have a waiver. I got all that stuff, That's good. So With the toddler Olympics.
2: That should totally be a thing. It would be funny to watch. But we don't want to go to achievement based parenting Um, so you're mentioning you know quality time and uh that definitely makes me think of uh, the goal that we have which is uh, modeling our really genuine faith that's our hope Mm. and i think everybody has that hope um there's still the tension of well you know how much do i show them of the mess that i am Mm. as a christian as a follower of jesus and still try to show them the ideal um but I think that there is a balance that comes with that. There's obviously things we can't hide. Um, but even just making the the point of um, recognizing that we are modeling our faith to our children. Um, so this is, you know, small things uh, like reading scripture in front of them from an early age. Uh, we're not doing it as a show. We're not trying to put on airs or flaunt spirituality in any way, shape or form. Um But it's important then because we have our children that naturally will ask questions. What are you reading? Um, Definitely, I've opened up my Bible in front of Owen or Levi, and they've sat down with me grabbing a book of their own. And of course, they've got pictures and they're talking about their own story. But eventually, usually they'll ask the question like, you know, what are you reading? Or what's, um, Daddy, what's your story about? Um, And so being able to talk to them about it uh, is obviously good for them. They get to hear the word of God. Um, But it's also important for me. I have to synthesize and understand what I'm reading and then try to communicate that to a five-year-old or a three-year-old. Really helps me understand the heart of the passages that I'm reading as well. It's a mutually beneficial experience, I believe. Um, And then uh, when it comes to the genuine side of our faith, I think that this is really important. I want to encourage our parents to do this, uh, is sharing and inviting our families into the unfinished processes of Mm. our faith. Those moments that are not yeah. all nicely neat and wrapped up, we like to present uh, something that's got a bow on it often when it comes to theology or where we are with God. But um, man, it, when I look at Scripture, it's so much of it is about the process, what these individual followers of God, or even those who are not following God, are going through. Um, so modeling critical thinking and, and what it means to allow Scripture to change us, even when it's difficult... Maybe even saying something like, I I know God wants this for me, um, but I find it hard sometimes because I'm selfish to go back to, you know, the thing that I wish I knew when I was uh, getting ready to be a parent or um, recognizing that the habits and the attitudes that we have towards scripture, toward our children, towards processing um, really uh, become a wonderful tool and an aid for our children while they're growing and developing.
4: So this is kind of funny to me because my goal that I was going to talk about is regular church attendance, and just this morning as we're sitting here recording this, it occurs to me, yes, that's always been a goal for my family, but I've worked at church hmm. since before I had kids, so hmm. technically that was, <laughs> I had to do that, Yeah. <laughs> um, but we would do it anyway, and actually as the early childhood director here, I have to say, I see the growth in the families, the children of the families that come regularly on Sunday mornings, um, There's a lot of reasons why church attendance is important. I think the most important one is that God really wants us to. Um, In Hebrews, he tells us that we shouldn't give up meeting together, but that we should encourage, continue to encourage one another. Mm. And we are called as Christians to worship and praise God. We're called to study his word and to know how to apply it. And I think, Mike, with all the things you were saying about showing our faith to our kids... That's a big part of it, knowing that we're here because we want to learn more. We don't know everything, and we want to learn more. Um, And with Sunday mornings are perfect timing for that. I know there's lots of other opportunities to meet together to worship. Sunday mornings is like one-stop shopping when you come here. Every (laughs) single age group is going to be taught the Word of God and have opportunities to worship in their, with their own peer groups, and then at least from middle school up mm-hmm. with the whole church family. Um, so it, it's just a great opportunity and time. And I think when we set aside that block of time on Sunday mornings to be here, that's one way that we're showing the genuineness of our faith to our kids that whatever else is going on, this is our priority. Mm. God is going to be our first priority. Um, it's just a part of our family DNA. It's who we are. This is what we do. And sometimes uh, parents will say, well, my kids don't want to come to church. And I honestly don't remember that ever being an issue with my kids or with myself as a child, because that's just what we did as a family. Hmm. That's who we were. It's what we did. Well, if you don't want to go, okay, we're going anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and I have to remember the enemy doesn't want us there. The enemy hmm. doesn't want you to go to church. So he will do everything he can to try to distract you, or have you not come. But we're not going to do that. We're going to. Mm. This is who we are as a family, and this is what we're going to do. Yeah.
2: So Melanie, well, what would you say though about like listening to sermons online, and it's you know instead of being able to come on a Sunday morning, or maybe you actually just can't attend that morning. For some reasons, what are what are the things that we either miss out on or, um, you know, how how have you balanced that as a parent as well?
4: Okay, well, that that's a great question, because we do have that option. And I have thought that option for myself sometimes, too, when I haven't been able to come. Well, I'll just watch it online or listen to it online. Um, And that certainly is an option. I don't want to shame anybody for not coming. There are definitely times when you need to stay home. And I will just thank all of you from Collectively, from this whole team, if your children are sick, please keep them home. Yeah, on night. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, There's a lot of things that we want to share at church, but not maybe not that, those germs. No, not the germs, right? So there's definitely going to be times. Um, I think it's more the that this is the priority, hmm. and it's not just because we're tired this morning we don't feel like getting up. Um, you know that kind of thing. Obviously, right. if there's good cause for you to be gone, then that's great too. So is your if you are. Um, Wanting to do that, you can, you can always listen to the sermons, which is a good option if you can't be here on a Sunday morning. However, I don't know if you've had the experience. Uh, two of my kids grew up doing musical theater yeah. and we would go to the shows, of course, and you know, actively participate with them in all of that. And the, so, the shows were so great. They were like exciting and there was so much energy in the room. And then we would always buy the DVD where it was professionally recorded, the show, and take it home. And later when you watch the the DVD at home, it was good, but it wasn't the same. It Mm. just, you can't duplicate the experience of being there because there's the energy in the room. And I thought it's a group of people coming together who love their kids and they all have the same goal to support and encourage their kids. And the energy in the room is just it, it adds a depth of, to the whole experience. Mm. And so I think about that when we come to church, too, that when we're here and we're corporately worshiping and the Holy Spirit is in the majority of the people that are there, the electricity, it's like it's a different atmosphere. It just adds a a deep a depth to the experience, I guess, of coming on Sunday. Mm. Um, and then the other thing, the way that I see for the kids um, when they come on Sundays, they grow so much from coming regularly. And I'm talking about little ones like preschool, kindergarten kids. When I see the kid who was really shy and hesitant and didn't want to come in at first to where they're running in, like coming, Brielle comes down before Janelle comes to sign her in. You know, yeah. Brielle I mean, knows where she's she going she's from coming the car. Straight <laughs> to the room. I mean, and they come right in and they start to play. And that is such a, that's a visible sign of their growth that this is their community and that they're, they feel comfortable and safe and they actually want to be here. Um, and then also I see when they form little groups and when a kid comes in and three or four kids say, Hey, look Harper's here or whoever's here and they get so excited to see each other. And it's, it's great. And they, they help each other. They serve each other. They'll help each other pick up toys that they weren't even playing with, but their friends were. So they'll help. Um, they, when we sing, they, I mean, they actively participate in worship. They sing and they dance and they jump and they, it's, it's amazing to see how that, that really does encourage them.
3: I'm going to add on to that. That comes yeah. home too, because I, I know, see Brielle all the time, like yeah. singing the songs and not only doing the uh, singing them, but yeah. doing like the motions that are get yeah. done with them and then teaching her sister.
4: Yes. Well, we, you know, we had, um, Harper had a, her little brother, came to promised land because he just turned three. So he's little, he's young, but he's three. So he was old enough. And we were saying, you know, we told all the kids, Hey, we have a new kid today. just, this is his first day here. So we're going to show him how everything works. And you know, let's be sure to say hi to him and all that. And so Harper, while they were playing, she had come up to me and she said, you know, Miss Melanie, I just want to tell you, I love to sing. And I just love the songs that we sing. And I sing them at home all the time.
1: <laughs> I was like, oh, that's
4: great. So then during the worship time, um, we said, okay, we're going to do our best, the best we can, especially we're going to show little Van how to, how to do these motions and stuff. And wouldn't you know, as soon as we started playing the song, Van knew the entire thing that's and awesome. all the motions <laughs> because awesome. Harper had taught him. And that, yeah. was, that was just incredible. It's really mm-hmm. fun.
1: You know, you're, ma- you're mentioning their relational components. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether Very it's the theater, so. the theater, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. the energy, but mm-hmm. with the people that are there that are yes. part of that, mm-hmm. it's, you can't, you can't replicate that. And I, right. I think of, you know, for our family goal, uh, one thing that was really important were meals together. Oh. And it wasn't so much about the quality of the meal, mm-hmm. but as I look back, I, I think about having meals together is the simplest yet probably most profound relational mm-hmm. aspect of our family dynamic. And I think about with having four kids, and of course we had one at a time, so they came at different stages and our table got a little bit bigger. And um, and that doesn't mean that every meal was incredible. I mean, there are times that were quite chaotic. Um, <laughs> but now that my four children are away, I, I realize how much I was impacted mm. by our time together. Mm. And matter of fact, even now, like just having Thanksgiving where at least three of my kids were able to uh, to be there, uh, I just cherish that time. But so when I was a child, I, I my family rarely had meals together. I, I don't know if, it, your guys' situation, any of you?
2: Oh, I had meals together all the time. My parents were amazing okay. in that, and I That's had a great. lot of friends who were like, "What? Is, what is this?" Whenever they would come over, <laughs> right? Like, I don't like we don't just take our food either back to our room or we all just come and grab something from the kitchen. It was it was eye opening. Yeah, me. mine was the exact
3: opposite. It was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, what's on my TV?" and let's go to your oh, TV. Yeah. There, literally. So I give us like, was, like mm-hmm. come to the buffet and then go to your own table. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
4: We we did eat meals together, but more often than not, I remember my mom not really being present there because Mm. she was always in the kitchen preparing, Mm. cleaning, whatever it Mm. was. And she would come out maybe for a few minutes to eat quickly. And then, yeah, so she wasn't as present. And I didn't really think about that having an impact on me until adulthood,
1: Mm. but it does. It does. And it's funny, Mike, when you're mentioning about that, I would go over to someone's house like yours. <laughs> I'm like oh, you actually, yeah. and then just learning how to talk around the table. So yeah. there's yep. some things that I made mm-hmm. a lot of mistakes. <laughs> Go to somebody else's house, and of course, at <laughs> that time I wasn't a Christian when I was younger, so I probably said some things that probably were not appropriate. But the whole um, eating your own dinner by yourself, uh, TV dinners were big uh, mm. growing up in the '70s, and 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 I would have TV dinners, and uh, or I would just. Um, Eat right away after practice or games. And, and, and I think, especially not being raised in a Christian family, anytime that we did have a meal together, probably Thanksgiving and Christmas traditional mm. thing, it was probably really quick and a mm. couple arguments uh, that the parents would have, <laughs> and that would be it, you know. Mm. But beginning with our married life before kin, kids, uh, Sharon and I really resolved to have dinner together. And then as each child was added, then it became commonplace that that's what we do is to have dinner together. And of course, as the kids got older, we made adjustments uh, with the kids' practice schedules and theater schedules and Awana and youth group. And matter of fact, it's kind of funny because one of the one of the kids had mentioned like, oh, yeah, we always had spaghetti and garlic bread and salad on Wednesday nights before Awana. And I'm like, really? I (laughs) I guess that's what I made. And that was the go to meal uh, when we're on the go. But see, uh people are usually surprised when when I mention that my kids are introverts. And uh you you wouldn't think that if you sat at our dinner table. Oh, and it was kind of neat of going back and it's, Savannah mentioned a little bit before about just personalities. Uh personalities came out at the dinner table. And uh and some of them were it was great. I mean, there'd be um playful banter that was hilarious. And then sadly, there's also times that there, there'd be some hurt caused by sibling te- uh, teasing. And, you know, I found that the uh, uh, meals together was really a laboratory for our parenting. Hmm. Um, at times, we'd have a uh, discussion that was focused on a topic. We'd have like a, a mom jar that they would have to pick something out. It would have a hmm. particular theme or topic, or sometimes it'd be something silly, like to sing something or to draw something and... And some of those times it seemed pretty cool, but naturally um, and mostly conversation just developed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it depended on the age and the stage of the, uh, of the kids uh, life at that time and, and where we were. But I'll tell you one thing, I watched my kids grow up right in front of me each night at the dinner table Mm -hmm. and, and I didn't realize it then, but I, I know it now. They grew up in a blink of an eye, and uh, really the saying's true. The days are long, but the years are short. Yeah. And uh, I think now, and that's my, uh, my encouragement to our listeners, to, to, to families, is that uh, make meals together a top priority for your family. I, 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 it's not just because I didn't have it growing up, but there is such joy and there's such uh, opportunities to get to know each other, to be present with one another, to get to know the hearts of our kids by just what they're talking about, the dinner mm. table, not like it's some serious Bible study we're having, you know, but yeah. it's just enjoying a good meal and um, really discussing how their day was and things they look forward to and and having them ask us those questions too. So I think mealtime is one of those lost arts. And I think we're in such a busy society now, mm. uh, even more so with... Um, even take technology out of it, right? No phones at the table, but still it's just having a night together because people are doing so many different things. And so anyways, make meal a priority. And I, I think that you'll find that there's a great joy that's involved in that. Mm -hmm. So, but I thank you, each of you for, uh, those questions and those goals that we finished up with. I mean, really thanks to the team for sharing some, some great family goals. And so I just want to encourage our listeners to come up with your own, And make them personal. Think about the the way that you want your family to be and those steps that you can take that are going to be relational and going to be life-giving and just a great joy for you and your family. Thanks again for joining us today.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode today. Family Connections podcast is hosted by the family ministry team of Cornerstone Bible Church. For resources and more information about the church, please go to cbcglendora.org. We would love to connect with you. Here are a couple of ways. Subscribe to Family Connections. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Interact with episode topics, ask questions, and share ideas on our site, familyconnections.buzzsprout.com. Do you like what you hear? Please leave a review. We look forward to being with you next time on the Family Connections podcast.